0: Hot chat.
1: Welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show, uh, episode 90, we're getting on up there. Rock, paper, shotguns, video game podcast, and the only video game podcast you need, in my opinion, and that opinion belongs to me, Alice Bell, I'm joined this week by my lovely co-host, Brendan Caldwell. Hello, Brendy.
2: Hello, how are you? All good.
1: That's very, that was efficient. Thank you. Yep, <laughs> uh, and we we are joined by our guest staffer this week, uh, VidBud Matthew Castle. Hello, Matthew. Hello,
0: hello, hello,
1: <laughs> hello.
0: Oh, was there a question? Yes.
1: <laughs> no, there wasn't. I was about to say how are you, but then you said hello oh. like three times.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, good. <laughs> good. I'm I'm well. Thank you for having me back on. Now I remember why you don't have me on
1: <laughs> don't don't be absurd. you're a wonderful guest, and how are you oh, been on you. holiday? Are you well rested
0: uh recently i had a bit I had a bit of a cold uh before the holiday, unfortunately, so I kind of took that with me but i um yeah, I went down saw my family, basically spent the whole week with them telling me how fat they thought I was, so that was good um, Rude. yeah. But it kind of got through to me. I've given up drinking strawberry-flavoured milk.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just Which, that one thing. Just yeah, that. well, you know, every little helps, I guess.
1: But you're s- still on the bits of whisper.
0: Uh, no, I know, t- to say that I'm on them I n- it rather overstates how many of them <laughs> I eat. I mean, you know, I, I-, I worry that people can't uh, tell the difference between my kind of chocolate-eating shtick which is all I eat is chocolate, and reality, which is I also occasionally eat cauliflower and things. So, you know, it's fine. Bits of cauliflower. I'm not not like a cartoon character. I am a real human (laughs) with real nutrition.
1: Am I not a man? (laughs) Yeah. It's
0: that weird thing, like when you have a kind of, you know, a persona in a magazine or on Twitter or whatever, and then people just literally assume there is nothing more to you than what you've shared. Um, but yeah, I do eat vegetables. Wow! It's a- Hear that, everyone. <laughs> That's an exclusive. That's an electronic wireless show exclusive.
1: <laughs> Would you eat like Brandy said, bits of cauliflower? Would you eat like if Cadbury's brought out a sharing bag of? Florets of cauliflower uh, it dipped in chocolate.
0: Oh, probably not. There was a period where there was a period in the nineties where people started doing like chocolate peas and things to try and make kids like vegetables. Oh, there uh, wasn't. They were Yeah, there was, definitely. Because I remember we tested them at school. It was rank.
1: Uh, mm. that is rank.
0: Yeah. Probably explains My nutritional problems I have now as well.
1: Was that where we got chocolate raisins from? Were chocolate raisins only invented in the 90s?
0: No, no, no. chocolate raisins were... Well, I I don't know when they were invented, but I imagine it was a long time ago. They're good. (laughs) They're alive. Do you know, you know
1: Terry's of the chocolate orange fame? They originally used to do a chocolate lemon as well.
2: That's not true. It
1: is. You look it up now. You'll see a picture of it. Terry's know, they, they,
2: chocolate lemon. Come on. They did
0: a chocolate. Or- they did a chocolate apple. No. Please yeah, stop this. Yeah, it's like yeah. a biblical thing. All the chocolate companies—they were all like Quakers, so they had all this like weird biblical stuff hidden in the chocolate bars. Like the original Cadbury's, it, it had, like, scripture in it. No, it didn't. <laughs> 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 Terry's chocolate stone tablets. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to the
1: chocolate museum in York. There you go. They teach you
0: about <laughs> these things.
1: It's like how cornflakes were invented to stop you masturbating. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this week we're going to talk about Gamescom. <laughs> So we, myself and Matthew, as along with uh, VidBud Alice, which has been very confusing yes. when doing the emails about Gamescom with PRs, uh, are going out to Gamescom. Uh, Matthew, are you excited?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, yes and yes and no. I I I much prefer Gamescom to E3 because Cologne is a much more chill place to be. And also the giant sausages. Um, yeah. So that's why it's better. But uh, you don't really know until you go there, and you know, I've booked in everything. I've, I think I've got, I think I've got the good stuff. But you always live in fear of missing the, missing the good things, and you don't really know if, if it all works out until it's sort of been and gone. Really. So mm. we shall see. It'll be fine.
1: And You were saying off mic that it's point because last year you got to share a hotel room with Brandy.
0: I did. It was. It was lovely. It was the first time I met Brendy in person. I think, which is always awkward when the first time you meet someone is that you basically have to sleep very close to each other, and you're like, "Oh God, what if we hate each other?" Um, uh, like an arranged marriage, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we weren't married by the end of it, but we did get on uh, reasonably well. Uh, but yeah, it was
2: fun. It was good. We had a lot of fun. We played Might and Blade together. We played Might and Blade. We made a video. We made Might and Blade f- to to Matthew and say this
0: is these are the swordsmen. No, don't kill that chicken, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. It was good. It made for a very popular video, by which I mean a video lots of people watched, but actually lots of people hated because it was just <laughs> me not re- not knowing how to use a bow. Um Oh no. So so I'm actually going round two with Mountain Blade this year, so let's see how, if, I've, if I've improved this last year.
1: Mm. That, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'll be honest, I can't remember, because there are some things that we're going to see that we won't be allowed to talk about because it's embargoed, uh, like their yeah. existence is embargoed as well. Uh, there are some things that are like unannounced titles, and there are some things that we just can't talk about, and I can't remember which of the things that I can talk about. <laughs>
2: yeah so whenever i ask you as someone who's not going what are you looking forward to seeing you're going to just say that's redacted brendan redacted yeah yeah.
1: there are some i can definitely um so i'm going to see watchdogs london london legion but in london (laughs) um uh and i am excited to see that because uh I thought the E3 trailer did a very good job of making it just seem like like, uh, a film or television vehicle starring Danny Dyer and there are very few video games that have that sort of vibe and I think more should. Danny Dyer descended from Kings.
2: When you say more games should do that do you not just mean this one game should do that, <laughs> and then none of the others should.
1: <laughs> no, all games.
2: I don't want Danny Dyer to be in all games. That's, an absu- that's absurd. I,
0: I, I, don't want he- I don't want to find Danny Dyer in the Outer Wilds. That, no. isn't, that isn't something that I would appreciate if I get to the heart of Dark Bramble. And instead of a small alien playing harmonica, it's <laughs> just Danny Dyer calling me the C-word.
2: <laughs> just saying, I told you UFOs exist. Yeah. That's how he speaks, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Danny Dyer. Bit...
1: Out of worlds. Wilds. Out of worlds. Sweet as a nut. Royal Albert Hall. Danny Dyer. <laughs> I can't... Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's difficult it's to do good. a it's Danny Dyer impression without swearing. But... It's very hard. I... I guess there are two kinds of people in the world. People who want Danny Dyer DLC for all their video games and people who don't. And that's fine. I'd
0: don't like you... to play Minesweeper where instead of this small yellow face, it was Danny Dyer. <laughs> and he just looks he looks really cross, like really mardy when you hit a mine. Yeah. But when you don't, he like gives you one of them sly-like. Like he was calling you the C-word, but in a lovable way, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, oh,
1: to mean friends that's the face
0: he would pull (laughs) (laughs) yeah what about Watch
2: Dogs Legion are you really what do you think you're going to get to try
1: well I think it's the same well I'm not sure but I think it's similar or yeah at least similar to to what um, uh, young Matt played uh but uh, I am looking forward to the hands hands on with it. I'm looking forward to bit be, potentially being a granny. That that will be good. I uh, like because I liked Watch Dogs too. I thought it was good, uh, and so I'm and I'm just looking forward to like going around London and being like that's a bit wrong because it like you so rarely when you live in the UK are games sort of realistically set in the UK. And it would just be nice to be like, that's not what the lamppost in London looked like. We're, like, in, mm. in a kind of loving way, you know. <laughs> uh, but mainly the, it's going to be the extreme cockney of several characters in it that I am uh, assuming will exist. You know? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah.
0: I, w- I want to know if they do the London kind of hipster areas. Well, we're like... Dalston. I want to go and smash up that cereal cafe.
1: I went. <laughs> I went to Serial Killer, and the milk was room temperature. I I was oh, disgusted. Christ.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How what dare was that, like, you? Fifteen
1: quid for a bowl of frosties. It was like it was like seven quid. Yeah, <laughs> for like. F- hell, sorry. <laughs> apple. Unbelievable. Apple loops from somewhere, and then like toffee things. I don't know, and yeah, room temperature milk. I. Don't make your thing cereal if you're not going to have cold milk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, lads. That's
0: unbelievable. will
1: not stand for it? But yeah, that'd be good if you could... Oh, I bet there'll be like a mission where it'll be like two lads who've started some sort of absurd business venture like that. Some kind of legally distinct cereal cafe. (laughs) But Ubisoft could just make their whole thing Danny Dyer Games. Because as I mentioned... Danny Dyer is descended from royalty, so the next Assassin's Creed game could just be Danny Dyer in the Animus.
2: <laughs> Wait, does that make, mean? Oh, he so he would he would be in the assassin lineage or the what are the what are the bodies called Templars? Templars. Templars.
0: Yeah. Don't know.
1: Could be. Could be either or. But that... oh, ain't sticking me mugging that.
0: He'd say if you showed him the Animus. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. you mug and then he'd he'd punch punch the scientist (laughs) or actually real Danny Dyer probably wouldn't I bet real Danny Dyer is kind of a actually a bit of a wimp but the character of Danny Dyer would punch someone
0: yeah definitely
1: Danny Dyer a man who named his daughter Danielle so he could call her Danny Dyer you know (laughs) anyway Matthew <laughs> Hello. What are you looking forward to from Gamescom?
0: Uh I'm again I'm kind of stuck with lots of things I think we can't talk about. Um, I am quite excited to see Desperados 3 again. Um because I saw that for a preview about this time last year and it looked really good it's the chaps who are making who made shadow tactics which is the very good ninja kind of real-time tactics sort of stealth thing in the vein of commandos and the original desperados and now they're making a new version of desperados but they're very good at those kind of games i like looking down onto little sort of toy box worlds that they build um And I prefer cowboys to ninjas, so that's that's high on my list of things I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm also I am looking very much looking forward to seeing Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, Um, just because you know you can't have an opinion on it until you've seen it, so that's what I want. Um, I'm just intrigued to see after all the E3 fun and games, kind of what it actually is.
1: Yeah you're um you're well up for Cyberpunk aren't you? I'm I'm sort of yeah. like it will be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be a, a fine decent game. But you are Yeah, quite
0: really, hyped. well
1: I, like I,
0: that's mainly I it's pretty cause, you know absolutely obsessed with The Witcher and I know it's very very different like a completely different style of game, completely different world, but you know I I'm just intrigued to see more of their kind of quest stuff that i loved in the witcher I'm, I'm I'm really up for that um i like big lavish worlds i think it was pc gamer who basically des- described it as deus ex on an infinite budget or something um which, th- which yeah i just kind of want to see it i just want to see what it looks like i saw the demo last year and didn't really understand or couldn't really comprehend kind of what the game was because it, it looked so scripted and so kind of mm. um everything was so sort of bespoke for each individual interaction and moment. I was like, there's no way you can do this on the scale of an entire game. Uh, And yeah, I just kind of, uh, you know, intrigued to see this slightly more, uh, well, not finished, but like people say, you can kind of grasp what the game is from the new demo. And i am quite keen to chat to some of the people on it as well. We've got some, hopefully got some good interviews lined up for it. So Mm. yeah. I'm up for that.
2: You just want to get a better idea of what it might feel like if it was in your hands.
1: Yeah, like yeah.
2: What you would do between the missions? Are you going to be rummaging through bins? Yeah, yeah. Or watching know, some re-
0: hollow boxing? Or <laughs> it's just everything. You just take everything from today and stick hollow or cyber in front of it. Is basically that's how the future works. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like you'll be going. Do you want to go and eat a cyber baguette? <laughs> They'll be like, only if we bring the hollow Rennies. Um, so, yeah, that'll be
1: fun. Well, cause, yeah, because it is a year on, isn't it? And we all saw the the Gamescom demo last year. And I remember specifically because one of us was really keen that we all get the statues of the Cyber Babe. Uh, just really, really insistent. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. <laughs> brindy's lust for cyber babe this albatross <laughs> that has been fastened to
2: my neck <laughs> that i never even wanted I, nor d- like, harmed
1: you didn't wa- i didn't want it look like, I, d- I wasn't even going to go at the demo but you were like no you need to you have to go because i need another cyber yeah. babe
2: i like how this story changes every time you tell it so it was <laughs> it was matthew who i said this to at the beginning. <laughs> nah, no, it's you. Mm.
0: <laughs> oh, but I'm,
1: I'm, it's I'm all I really sure... remember
0: about Gamescom last year. We collected so many cyber babes. Our <laughs> hotel room—it was just lined with them. I was actually—I really struggled doing my work with those those cold plastic <laughs> eyes staring at me.
1: Just looking at them. I I—I mean, t- think Brendan got got stopped at, on the way back in. Uh, uh uh, yeah. St Pancras because they were just his bag just burst open <laughs> and just burst. all these, these cyber babes just tumbling out yeah it
0: was nightmarish oh. but and it happened <laughs> so
1: uh, but yeah I am interested to see it as well I'm really interested to see it because I, I'm a tabletop role player and so at this point I'm I've been thinking I'm interested in seeing like how you sort of, like is it going to be like the TRPG or is it going to you know is it sort of just a passing resemblance and sort of a, based on the character stuff because they're so different as uh, like ways of playing games like TRPGs are fundamentally very uh, collaborative uh, and you're sort of it much less limited um because you can sort of like the the limit are i guess the rule set but also like your imagination uh whereas this is single player and you're limited by the studio's imagination so it i'm sort of interested to see the sort of i guess the challenge of, of making that adaptation hmm. but uh we'll see uh I'm also in to see, this is quite a specific one, uh, but I'm going to see The Longing, uh, which is that game, it's an indie game. Uh, Do you remember uh, The Ritual of the Moon, which I played every day for like a month, because it's a game that takes a month. So The Longing is... And Graham has said I should do this as well. But The Longing takes like 400 real days in real time. No.
2: no. God.
1: And it, but it keeps ticking if you're not playing it. But basically you're like a little goblin and the, the sort of underground king of the mountain has gone to sleep to sort of have a nap for 400 yeah. days. And your job is to just sort of hang about and make sure nothing drastically happens to him, I think. You just have to wait until he wakes up, and that takes 400 days. And you can sort of play it as much or as little as you want. Uh, In the trailer, the, the little goblin makes a little armchair for himself and has a nice little study, learns to paint and stuff. But it's just sort of mooching about a terrible underground cavern by yourself for 400 days.
0: That sounds amazing, yeah.
1: Yeah, right? I, that, I take, us.
0: Uh, that would be better if you were joined by Danny Dyer the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> if the king was Danny Dyer, just lying <laughs> asleep, mumbling, <laughs> just mumbling the C word under
1: his breath, <laughs> <laughs> so, like running a bit, like oh, he's chasing a football hooligan. Like... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm very keen to see that. I think that'll be really interesting. And, yeah, just seeing a a lot of little little sort of smaller games around the bigger things, as is my way. Um, But, yeah, it is more fun than E3, I think, just because it's a a bit better organised, really.
0: (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh, They won't leak all of your details to the internet.
1: True, yeah. Hopefully. Anything happened to you, Brendy? Are you right?
2: Nope, I'm good. There you go. I put down my address on the E3 list of leaked things as uh, the gamer office or the gamer network office. So if I get any hate
0: mail, it'll just go to some per schmuck in the
1: office. It'll be me, me and Graham. I have to read it, yeah.
0: Someone else's problem. Yeah. Nice. There you go.
1: Very glad of that, but yeah, Cologne is a very nice town as well. But it is difficult. I did find it—it's not a lot of vegetarian options. So I'm eat sauerkraut. (laughs) That's nice. No giant sausages or pig knuckle for me.
0: I can't eat anything called a pig knuckle. It sounds—it's just it like it sounds horrible, doesn't it? Pig knuckle. Well, it is what it says on the tin. I know, but it just sounds unpleasant. Like I don't look at my own knuckles. And I'm like, mmm, <laughs> like knuckles. But whereas you look at your own leg and go, mmm. Well, there are bits. Of, there are bits of myself that I think look tasty than other bits. What? <laughs> Which? What like, bit of a, yourself? A knuckle is pretty low down the list. On like, a, like it's just sinew and bone. Like, what is a knuckle? <laughs> it's not like big fleshy knuckles. Mmm.
1: Well, what? Like, what bit of yourself would you, would you most like to eat?
0: Oh, uh, either my thigh.
1: Yeah. Which is
0: quite big. Or my <laughs> belly.
1: Oh, okay. Or
0: maybe, yeah. maybe one of, <laughs> maybe a bit of one of my facial jowls.
1: Cheek okay, I could go for some calf. Calf. Hmm. I think I'd go th- thigh, because you'd have nice sort of marbling through that, wouldn't you? <laughs> hopefully
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Uh, RPS the only podcast you can listen to that includes auto cannibalism
1: (laughs) well it's better than regular cannibalism isn't it
0: yeah it's a lot less selfish (laughs) (laughs) it's for the selfless cannibal
1: (laughs) Uh, any further thoughts on Gamescom Uh,
0: uh, I'm quite looking forward to seeing Empire of Sin. Oh yeah, the too. the kind of gangstery thing from uh I can't remember the studio. It's Brenda Romero's outfit, mm-hmm. isn't it? Romero games, they're just called Oh, it's just called Romero Games, yeah.
1: Yeah, you played it, didn't you, Brendy?
2: Um, I watched some of I watched some people uh-huh. in Romero games playing it, uh, at E three. Yeah. It looks very interesting. It's like uh, a little bit of Crusader Kings relationship stuff and jammed into uh like a, a top down mafiosa strategy game. But then every when you get into battles it kind of turns into a, a sort of an XCOM style uh tactics fight. Uh
1: which is pretty it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Yeah, oh, that, sounds good. that sounds great. Uh well I given that We've exhausted our Gamescom chat and turned to cannibalism. Perhaps we should move on to what we've been playing this week. I have been playing something that I cannot talk about.
2: So... Oh, come on. This is getting ridiculous. Well,
1: I well the thing it was because the uh, the review will be up next week. I can't talk about it for them. I played Observation, but that's a really old game. (laughs) I did play um, uh, some of the the last chapter of the Assassin's Creed DLC, the Face of Atlantis, and the last chapter is in Atlantis now, uh, which is quite fun. It's a very it's a round. You get to. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. it's it's a big city that's just sort of round, sort of a country-sized city almost, and uh, you sort of have to help uh, Poseidon's sons who were who were sort of prefects, I guess, of of different areas of the city, and they're all mental. It's good. Uh, one lad, I went and helped, and he put on. Um, uh, kind of great games like uh like um gladiatorial combat and stuff to distract the humans who live there because it's a mix of humans and isu immortal types uh and he was like they're getting restless so i have to do like more exciting things uh and then i didn't execute a load of criminals at the end and he was like it was a failure and i was like you need to just stop that like distracting people won't address the root problem. And he was like, oh, I have to start again. We'll just kill everyone here. And I was like, what? <laughs> They're just nice. these make mad decisions. It's a very fun DLC that I've enjoyed a lot. There you go.
2: Those Greek gods, they really, they don't muck about, do they? They're not like the good god, you know, the good god who tries to get people to murder their own children. They're not like the good god. <laughs> They're they're crazy.
1: <laughs> well, that's why yes. they're fun. the The Roman and Greek gods are just, and the Egyptian gods actually as well, just kind of like normal people, but with a l- huge amount of power that they don't deserve. They just do horrible, <laughs> spiteful things all the time. <laughs> which, <laughs> which was wow.
0: your, which was your favourite of the.
1: The three parts of that second DLC. I haven't finished Atlantis yet. Um, I, I don't know. I did. Elysium was very pretty, but I liked um, the second one, which was set in like in sort of Hades' bit. Yeah. Um, because I thought some of the the storyline bits didn't, they did there were good, and you met some some old faces, made some new friends. You know. Yeah. I uh, I liked that quite a bit.
0: I get. I get very confused by the fact that Hades is both a person and a place, mm. and it's the place where the person lives, so you're likely to need to reference both quite close together, and I get confused by that. Yeah. you think that people would always be like, the person or the place? Every time anyone said it. True. That's my ob- that's my observation about <laughs> Hades. <laughs> but- I can't wait until
2: the new Assassin's Creed is set in Scandinavia. And you have the exact same problem with Hell.
0: Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, it's the ruler of Hell called Hell. Yeah, she's called Hell. Oh, she, she hell. <laughs> And she rules Hell. Yeah. It feels like you could play it for big laughs, like an old sort of, you know, silent, you know, not silent comedy, but like Laurel and Hardy esque like, kind of. Well, like, <laughs> they're going round in circles.
1: <laughs> like, who's on next? That old. Yeah, that yeah. exactly.
0: It's that kind of that old shtick.
1: Four candles.
0: I hate all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I went to watch that Lauren Hardy film with um, Steve Coogan and whatnot in it.
1: Oh yeah, and
0: and it's literally like you know a man bends over to pick up a suitcase and the audience is like you know. <laughs> Uproarious laughter and you're like, this is terrible. Like this is just not this never was and never will be funny. Yeah,
1: but you gotta That's... understand, Matthew, in those days they didn't have video games.
0: Oh yeah. In those days they'd never seen a man eat a nut before. <laughs> so it seemed hilarious. <laughs> and that is one of their routines. He eats nuts. And then I think he says like, oh nuts, and everyone's like, Oh
1: god he said it
0: <laughs> You know. <laughs> terrible.
1: Is it is Bloody. it too too smug for you, Matthew? It's not
0: smug, it's just bland, isn't it? I tell you, like if you laugh at that, you'd literally laugh at anything <laughs> like, the world must be an amazing place for you because you'd just be like laughing at you know a lamppost or whatever
1: <laughs>
0: but anyway
1: well I'll well, tell you what is smug is using your beloved comedy character to get out of a speeding ticket or like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Stephen Coogan says got out of a speeding ticket because it would have stopped Alan Partridge from driving. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable.
1: <laughs> and yet, maybe believable. I should
0: invent a beloved comedy
1: character to get me out of trouble. Yeah, I the, the play I saw last week at uh, the weekend had Lynn in it from Alan Partridge. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. She I went to see Midsummer Night's Dream at the Bridge Theatre. And uh, she played one of the rude mechanicals, uh, oh. the lads who do the play. And I didn't realise it was Lynn until after, like, like, halfway through pretty much. And then I nearly, I I almost yelled out, like, Lynn! I was oh! It struck me, <laughs> the sudden realisation yeah. that she was I'm very glad good. I did, but
0: that, that would have been awkward for all involved. It would, yeah.
1: yeah. So, luckily, I did not. Uh, has what, what, Have you been playing anything more current, Brendi? Um,
2: I've been playing some Dicey Dungeons, which oh, yeah. is a new kind of deck-building game, I want to say, from Terry Kavanagh and a bunch of other people. Uh, By being a dice, going through dungeons, you're, you're like a dice with arms and legs and a face. And you've been cursed to take the form of a dice while you go through these dungeons and fight other baddies like robots and cowboys and men made of fire called Firemen. Nice. And uh it's a fun game about just rolling these little dice and then dragging them onto some cards. And you might do like six damage if you roll a six or you can roll couple of dice and you go oh this three and a one is rubbish but if i put them both on this card it will combine and make a four which i need to put on another card to do some electrical shock damage excellent i've beaten the sad baby squid uh and it's just it's just very good it has a lot of fun little bits of writing in it that are uh that the 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 enemies will sometimes say to you (laughs) like that baby squid will 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 come out and just be like oh thanks for fighting me if you can come back again it'd be great i get really lonely down here (laughs) oh it's just just like a nice little baby squid and you feel bad for them and some other ones are like the jester who starts and he's he's fighting you or she's fighting you and goes aha do do you know what time it is it's time to die and then whenever you beat them they go do you know I I could have sworn it was Time to Die. Do, do you have what time? Do you have it? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. It's good. Uh, so it's just it's it's a fun game. It's like if you like Slay the Spire, but you feel like it doesn't have enough gambling in it, then, mm. uh, you probably will enjoy the.
1: But it's not too mathy or anything, right? It's not like it's not like an edutainment game to teach counting or probability or anything.
2: No, you will only ever need to count up to, like, the number 10. <laughs> and uh, I'm rubbish at counting. But uh, it's just a lot of the things are just it's more like logic. Like, if you roll it says, like, odd and even. Sometimes you need to roll an odd number and that has to go on the uh, certain cards. Okay. Or sometimes you you can split dice. And it plays kind of fast and loose with some maths as well. Like, if you you can get a card that splits a dice so if you put a 3 on it or if you put a 5 on it it might split that into like a 1 and a 4 or whatever uh but if you put a 1 on the splitting dice card it'll just split it into two ones <laughs> it'll just be like uh what happens when you split one you can't get 0.5 of a dice so here have two ones whatever um and that's a good way of getting like extra little dice if you need to put them on stuff Oh, that's good. Uh, so no, it's not. It's not demanding. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make you do, like hard sums. It's easy sums. It's good. And and it it looks very cool as well. It's got like lots of. It's got nice art. It's got it kind of looks like what's that? Steven Universe is that? Mm. The... Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's a little bit like that, but without the kind of shininess to it. If that makes sense. Um. And that's the the artist, whoever the artist is, probably hates me saying <laughs> that because they probably they probably you know don't like being compared. But that's the only thing I can think of.
1: Without the, style the, of the figures.
2: Well. So it's good. It's just solid good crack. I like it.
1: Uh, what what is the crack out of ninety?
2: Um, it's a solid. We don't rate games, so I can't. I can't <laughs> do that.
1: Yeah, but it's crack but is it's, a different rating to the market, because, as I yeah. understand it, crack can only go up to ninety.
2: Yeah, it's not. What? So it's not. It's not ninety. <laughs> <laughs> have we not explained this to Matthew yet? So you have various ranges of crack. Um, it can be, you know, all the way from or well, bad crack. Yeah. Or it could be minus crack. Right. It could be good. a oh, good crack. Yeah. It could be mighty crack. Mm.
0: Right. It
2: all the way up to that crack, the crack is 90. Right. So the crack's not 90 in Dicey Dungeons, but it is... Good. Good. It's like a strong, good crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, there, there's also a fun thing in that, like, they're doing localization, so they're doing, like, loads of you can, uh, different languages you can pick. One of the languages is Irish Gaelic. Is it? So, yeah. So that's pretty neat. Um, I don't think it's all finalized yet, or I'm not sure. It wasn't whenever I played the re- the version, the i the review version. But, uh, that's quite that's quite neat. I've I put it in Irish Gaelic, um, and I can't figure. I turn it off though. <laughs> My Irish Gaelic is not good enough to understand a load of the cards now. So, but I did that after the review, so the review is is still okay.
1: <laughs> Every Irish person I know doesn't have much Gaelic, because uh, it's taught at school and stuff. But like, they just like it's not taught as like a first language anymore, and no. like, and that's because of the English. <laughs> and, um, and my one time I was at a wedding and my Irish friends were sort of try to talk Gaelic in in front of each other, and then would like kind of gave up and were kind of drunk across it like oh, whose fault is that Alice? And like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we have someone to blame for it because the real reason why people don't do it anymore is because it's a it's an archaic long winded language that takes like 20 words to say 5 in English.
1: I think it's, it's cool it's like uh, Irish and Scots Gaelic and Welsh are um, some of the, the only languages in Europe that don't that are just totally different from like english or french because the romans and stuff never managed to to get up there properly and so they're not they don't have like a a similar basis like in in terms like grammar and and like structure and stuff it's completely different it's mad i tried to learn some to impress my boyfriend's parents uh but he was like, "Well, don't bother. They can't speak it." <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's really hard to learn it because it's so different from learning like French or Spanish or or anything else.
2: Well, if you want to learn a bit, or if you're learning on Duolingo or something, you can play Dicey Dungeons in it now, and you can learn that the word for
1: robot is robot. It's very good. I know. Post is I see what they post. Did there. <laughs> post. Yeah, yeah cause like <laughs> as in the post like the post office is called uh on post. That just means the but surely,
0: post. Sure <laughs> if you play the game to learn the, the the lingo you'll only be able to talk about quite specific like dungeon adventure, <laughs> adventure <laughs> terminology. How, and have always all be like words Why, for why is dice? that guy always talking about being a dice that's so weird? <laughs> <laughs> that would be really good. <laughs> And then you just become the idiot of your of your village because <laughs> everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, it's that boy who thinks he's a an Irish dice." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tragic. <Shit>, there's, uh, <laughs> there's actually a a really interesting play that's going to be on in London again soon. I think called Translations. I swear I met me- like mentioned this to Brandy before, possibly on the podcast. You, I think
2: you. Yeah, I think you recommended it once in the podcast. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and it's just about. Uh, uh lad who's helping the English rename everything. Oh. It's
2: a Brian Friel player, is it? I think
1: so, yeah, yeah. Uh, any- anyway, Matthew, have you been playing anything this week?
0: Um, well, I think I'm in a similar situation to you in that the thing I've mainly been playing we can't talk about, mm. which is really annoying. It's the same thing funny- as well. <laughs> Because there's some fun, yeah, some funny stuff that I wanted to talk about in it. So, sorry, listeners. Maybe um, we
1: can, because we could talk about it on next week's podcast. So maybe while we're at Gamescom, we can chat about it and send yeah. a a pod post to Brandy.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe that might work.
1: Because that uh, might work. Uh, it would be good to talk about it because there are a lot of things to say about it.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to say some quite crass stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, so what I've been playing... Oh, I've been all over the place recently on loads of different trips. I've just been going off on lots of little preview trips. So I'm, I've, I've been a, a bit hit and miss with, with what I've been playing. Um, I actually started playing that Horace game. Do you remember that from our inbox? No. <laughs> There's a game called Horace. I swear it, ero- it appeared in our Slack channel at some point because someone went, oh, look, there's a game called Horace. Ha <laughs> ha. Because of obviously Horace being uh, the site mascot. And I must admit, when I first saw the email, because I'm incredibly uh, egomaniacal, I assumed someone had called their game Horace in some kind of bid deliberately to capture our attention because that's how sort self-centered I am. And, um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think... I, I don't think that's that's why it's called Horace. Um It's like a, I'm pretty sure it's like a one a, a one man thing. He's sort of done all the animation and the music and everything, and it's it's kind of like a in the style of a sort of SNES sort of 16 bit platformer. And you play this little robot called Horace. Um It's quite strange because even though it looks like a sort of SNES game, it's got all these cutscenes, and it's. The sort of into the sort of story kind of bleeds into the action quite nicely, so it's not just a two D platformer. You'll have like, you know, the the sort of the bir- You know, the first chapter is like the sort of birth of Horace, this sort of robot, and all the levels are like training exercise where this old man's kind of training you to use your sort of body in this, th- and so he'll kind of talk to you for a bit, and then you'll go and do this little level. But the levels are quite short; they're only about a minute long, and then you have like twenty seconds of cutscene, and then another level. Um, So it's kind of an attempt to do a quite sort of cinematic feeling thing, but in in the 16-bit style. Um, It controls really nicely. It's got a really nice feeling, like the robot's got a real kind of chunk to him when you chuck him around. And all the music is kind of classical music, but done in that sort of SNES-era, sort of chiptune style. Um, Yeah, I actually think it's really really neat, uh, what I've played of it so far. Um, I've only played a a few hours of it, but it's kind of the story's already moved on such that you're something happens in the family and you're basically sort of put into storage and when you come out the world is in a sort of post-apocalyptic state and it's a little bit ai-esque actually now i think about it you're trying to like get home or learn your place in the world and you don't really understand things as this little robot but uh it sort of it seems to throw in a new thing every couple of minutes you know i've just got a pair of boots to run around on the ceiling so now you can all the levels kind of flip upside down and um i'm trying to collect all this weird ju- the whole thrust of the game seems to be about collecting uh you have to collect a million pieces of rubbish based on some sort of offhand remark your sort of master made to you in the early days um so he's kind of obsessively pursuing this rubbish stuff um yeah it's just it's kind of it's really neat actually um like i'm, I'm yeah really enjoying it plan to play more of it i think it's actually meant to be a bit of a beast people seem to have clocked about 20 hours on on their little steam reviews so um yeah i haven't really scratched the surface but yeah just a nice pleasant uh 2d platformer surprise and nothing to do with rock paper shotgun um <laughs> Horace. so yeah that's good
1: there you go very good
0: cool
2: i'll link to like a youtube Video. If we've written nothing about it so far, yes. And people can see that. Mm. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think this is normally where I go uh, see if there are any questions, but I just realised we probably didn't do questions this week.
2: I did.
1: Oh, you did.
2: Uh-huh. Well. Uh-huh. I don't know how many. Uh, how many people meant talked about it
1: well butter my biscuit
2: (laughs) um basically no one interacted with this oh sweet so maybe i should quickly read this out i said we're recording the podcast it's Gamescom next week what are your predictions for news from the show uh not a very uh sexy call out so (laughs) it's fair enough um We've basically got four responses across Twitter and Facebook, two of which are from our own staff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so,
0: Ka-
2: Catherine says, another Biomutant special edition, only this one costs a million pounds. Yep. Um, Astrid Johnson says, I predict that Gamescom won't leak the private information of its attendees. <laughs> uh, optimistic Pessimist on Twitter says, Bluepoint finally revealed their Demon Souls Remake Reboot Remaster, which might actually be legit, a legit mm-hmm. thing. Um, and Satiris Galanos on Facebook says, "More lies, nothing else." Oh wow, it's sort rather of bleak outlook. Yeah. So, those are all the things that are coming from Gamescom. Thank you, readers
0: and listeners. Lies. <laughs> more lies,
1: more <laughs> lies. <laughs> oh man. Great. Oh, fair play. Well, I mean. If, if that's... What, then it's time for recommendations. Who has yeah. a recommendation that they'd like to go first with?
0: Can it be anything?
1: As long as it's not a game.
0: As long as it's not a game. Okay. Uh, I've got a recommendation and it may be one which people can't act on, but if they can. Uh, I re- recommend a play that is on in London. Hmm called the lehman trilogy which is and it's more exciting than it sounds it's the history of the lehman brothers bank right uh (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, told told over three or four hours i think with three actors playing all the parts and it sort of starts sort of a hundred and On a hundred odd years ago, maybe 150. No, a hundred, I think. Um, No, somewhere in the last couple of centuries and basically takes them through arriving in America all the way up to the kind of financial crash of recent years. Um, And it was just one of the most amazing things I've ever seen um, in terms of, like, taking something I had zero interest in and making it seem absolutely fascinating uh you know the fact that they play all these different characters and and you just completely sort of forget that they're they're you know the, the three same people really like you're completely mm. into it and with very subtle changes and it's all it was directed by sam mendes and it's all done inside this sort of uh giant rotating glass cube which based on the angle where it stops its rotation like different rooms form within it um And they kind of draw on the glass as it goes along. So they draw like the sign of their first shop and then they end up drawing like the massive sign of the bank. And there's all kind of stocks and shares stuff and they do calculations on it and whatnot. And the whole thing has got an accompaniment of a woman on a piano (laughs) who sits (laughs) to the side and plays a piano through the whole thing. This is the most Um,
1: London play
0: (laughs) ever. It's it's uh, I think it's actually based. I think it was an Italian thing originally, and it was nine hours long, and they boiled it down to three. Whoa. Um, and it's 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 only on until the end of August. But what's perhaps an easy way of seeing it? It's one of these things they do the um, national theatre live things where they show it in the cinemas. Um, so check your local art house cinema and see if they're showing the Lehman trilogy. Because I assure you, it's abs absolutely you know, mesmerizing thing. Sounds great. Yeah, just check it out.
1: It does sound great. That's,
0: that's my recommendation. What are your recommendations?
1: I was going to do a play on in London as well.
0: <laughs> oh! Oh, we're very cultured this week.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Well, So, well, don't get me started on that, right? But um, I went to see uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Bridge Theatre in London, uh, which, uh, it's got Gwendolyn Christie, f- her off Game of Thrones in it, uh, and Oliver Chris, uh, and Lynn from Alan Partridge, uh, and lots of other very, very good theatre actors <laughs> who haven't done TV. Uh, and, uh, it's re- it was really good, it's really, really fun. You've probably seen, like, at least one person you know has posted about it on Instagram, because uh, it's a, it's a modern production, uh, which you can tell because some of the characters have regional accents. And uh they um they've done it so so the bridge theatre, the the stage is it's in the round and the stage is just sort of the floor. Um, but they've done it so that they also sold tickets f- for people to stand on the floor, like around the stage basically. Uh and then different bits of the stage like moved up and down and stuff. Um but uh it was really really good really good uh they switched it so that uh oberon falls in love with the donkey uh but it was really really fun and they played like fun music and got everyone to clap and dance around it was really funny it was really good staging and just very joyful and lovely and fun and i think that is on national theatre live in cinemas oh. as well so uh do you get to, do you get to touch the actors if you're standing near them no <laughs> You're not allowed to stand that near. Okay. Uh, um, but okay. they d- actually they um, the guy that I'm Not played... saying I
0: want to. I'm just
1: <laughs> <laughs> the guy that played. Uh, but well, they had like you know some of the actors were doing like acrobatics and like um, you know when you like spin around on a on a bit of cloth. Oh yeah. You make a swing out of like a scarf or yeah. whatever. They were doing that kind of um, acrobatics work at the same time as doing scenes and stuff um and the guy that played uh Puck Robin Goodfellow he was really good he did a lot of that and he also he would he had to walk around the stage a lot so sometimes he would move and he'd have to move between the audience but he'd just walk through and be like move you're in the, get out of the way move <laughs> like
0: uh, oh god that would stress me out i wouldn't
1: want to get in his way no yeah uh i don't like audience interaction <laughs> that was the kind of the most audience interaction really What if he tripped over your bag and then everyone's like, oh, idiot. You're not allowed to bring your bag if you were on the stage and you weren't allowed to sit down. Oh, God. What if you want to sit down? Well, then get a seated ticket.
0: Oh, God. Sounds awful.
2: (laughs) Just watch it through the internet. Like, they can't get you. Oh, yeah, that's a good
0: idea. But
1: that's like going to the Globe. You should go to the Globe Theatre if you can because they sell standing tickets for a fiver for all their performances.
0: Yeah. You but like you every bad Shakespeare- on by thespians. But every mm. Shakespeare play is like eight hours long, so you have to stand up for eight hours.
1: They're not eight <laughs> hours. They are. I,
0: I studied them at
1: university. They're all like eight hours long. I did as well. They're not, eight, and they cut them down quite a lot these days, anyway. But, but this is why th- I don't think Shakespeare is high culture. It's just, like Shakespeare should belong to poor people, and like, like he belongs to tom hiddleston now because only rich people can afford to be actors or see plays and that's rubbish but that like we uh we got whenever we go to any event basically i just get like obstructed view tickets because they're 20 quid but the view wasn't obstructed at all it's fine nice yeah there you go so, yeah, check that out because I think that's National Theatre Live as well. But you could probably, if you're in London, you could probably still get some cheapy seats if you look as well. There you go. Or some Brand-
0: non-seats, as the case may be.
1: Oh, the non-seats have all sold out because they were all 25 quid because you can't sit down for the whole thing. And also you get to be right close to Gwendolyn Christie. So, mm. so no no standy seats left for that. But, yeah, it's very good. Brendy, what is your recommendation this week?
2: I didn't see any players because i don't i don't have a th- english speaking theater near me but I did go on youtube and <laughs> watch some videos there which is like going to the globe
0: uh-huh.
2: uh, I watched uh there's a channel called curss'cause I think you call it. People might know it because they do, like, science videos. It's all animation. It's got these cartoon birds that explain things and stuff like that. And a, a man with a very posh voice telling you how quantum physics works and stuff like that. Ooh. But uh, their videos, it, it, they're sometimes called in-a-nutshell videos, so you might recognize that. But... Some of their videos recently have kind of been generalising and then they're just all weird series and things like that and I've been kind of dropping off until last week they started or very recently they started a series on ants (gasps) and judging by the first episode it's going to be good. They're just going to do a whole mini series of like 10 minute long videos about how ants uh, interact with each other and how they go about their day and the first episode is about how they go to war with each other and it talks about how army ants will go to war with every other ant hmm. species they meet but if they meet another species of of their own of the um they will of, of army ants they'll they'll kind of go no i don't want to fight these guys yeah. and they'll just go around each other <laughs> um which is quite neat uh and it just talks about yeah it's just a big <laughs> cartoon science show 10 minute science show about uh ants and it's going to it's going to be a regular thing and i think people should get on it while it's while it's fresh
1: that sounds because very ants good ants are cool i like ants
0: nice
1: i like the image of like a gang two gangs of ants sort of like 19 year old lads in town on a saturday night and they're like chucking stuff at everyone else and being a nuisance and they run into each other and then sort of like circle around each other going oh, 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 and then like back on. That's
2: basically what it is. That's basically what it is. The first, the first video is just called The World War of the Ants. Wow. So if you, if you put that into YouTube, The World War of the Ants, it'll, it should come up.
1: Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, thank you very much, Brendan. And thank you, Matthew, for joining us today. Thanks. No, or, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do, you to, do you want to qualify your thanks, or are you...
0: <laughs> no, I was thinking, am I meant to be saying thanks? I can't remember. Thanks
1: for having me. Yes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, check out uh, the YouTube channel for all the sterling work done by Matthew and the other vidbuds, Alice and Astrid. Uh, I am a particular fan of the Reviews Roulette series, where they just play random sort of indie weird games that we get sent. And then if they're very good, they get the It's the Daddy Wallace Award with Danny Wallace's face.
0: Which, which, which makes sense only to the people who heard one sort of offhand comment in one of the very first episodes and we haven't explained it again since so everyone's just like what why is danny wallace in space all over this um, <laughs> uh, but i kind of prefer it that way yeah uh
1: amazing well thank you again matthew and uh thank Thanks. you to the listener for joining us today on this, the 90th episode of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns, video game podcast, and the only video game podcast where we talk about cannibalism. Uh, So, I assume anyway, maybe IGN's got some real (laughs) after dark stuff going on. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, don't forget to uh, like, rate and review if you haven't already, because because that genuinely helps get more people uh, get this in front of more people and uh, don't forget of course to visit the website uh, for all your PC gaming needs www.rockpapershotgun.com and we'll see you next time for episode 91 say goodbye boys bye Goodbye. goodbye
0: That boy who thinks he's a an Irish dice.